We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Corinne Jean-Pierre is reluctant to answer questions about the Durham report. They look at 2016 and say, okay, the FBI interfered with an American election. 2024, somebody's going to interfere. Town Hall's senior editor Julio Rosas explains the violent extremism of Antifa to a House subcommittee. The anger and breakdown of order is real. It is visceral. A deal for the debt ceiling may be closer as talks continue. It is possible to get a deal by the end of the week. It's not that difficult. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, May 17th. I'm Mike Scott. The fallout of the Durham report continued on Tuesday with White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre declining to comment from the White House podium on the investigation into Trump-Russia collusion. White House reaction to Special Counsel Durham's report on how the FBI handled the Trump-Russia probe. I would leave it to the Department of Justice to speak to. talks often about how he wants the DOJ and FBI to remain independent and, um, you know, above the fray. That report seems to reflect the opposite. Is, does he agree with uh, Special Counsel Durham that there needs to be wholesale changes at the FBI? Again, that is uh, with the Department of Justice. That's not something that I'm going to speak from the podium. As you just stated in your question, we believe in an independent uh, de- Department of Justice. That's what the president said when he was running, and that's what he, the president has said the last two years. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys in Japan. According to Durham's 300-plus page report, the FBI and Department of Justice failed to uphold their mission of strict fidelity to the law regarding its investigation into possible Russian collusion with the Trump campaign in 2016. People on social media were quick to criticize Jean-Pierre's response and the abrupt way she ended the press briefing after the question was asked. In fact, many Internet sleuths were able to find old tweets from Jean-Pierre prior to her becoming White House press secretary, where she supported the theory that former President Donald Trump was, quote, illegitimate, end quote, and took part in Russian collusion. K.T. McFarlane is a former deputy national security advisor and explains how the findings of the Durham report play into a much larger global picture. At the beginning of the Russia investigation, so let's go back to 2016-17, the Russians and Putin himself were privately or publicly saying, ha, 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 look how important Russia is on the world stage. The entire American election is focused on Russia. And so that was giving him bragging rights. Now, fast forward to where we are today, and what's happened in 2020 election, the sort of increasing divisiveness of America, the economic problems of America, the inflation, COVID, et cetera. The Chinese are using our incompetence, shall we say, and our divisions 
as talking points for themselves because they're going around the world and saying, especially to the global south, that's South America, Africa, the Indo-Pacific region, the, the southern part of the Indo-Pacific region. And they're telling those countries, look, America, democracy, it, it just isn't suited for the 21st century. McFarland says that what the Durham report reveals can be used by America's adversaries to show the U.S. is in decline. And they're pointing to all of these indicators to say, therefore, world, realize that America is a nation in inexorable, unpreventable decline. They're doing it to themselves. Nobody's doing it to them. And therefore, stop looking at America, and we're offering you a choice. In a world where countries are going to have to choose, do you want to be aligned with us or those terrible Americans who are committing national suicide? The former national security advisor says she believes that China and Russia see America's inability to hold anyone accountable for what she sees as election interference as weakness. They look at 2016 and say, okay, the FBI interfered with an American election. 2020, the CIA interfered with an American election. Um, 2024, somebody's going to interfere. What prevents us from interfering in a really big way using artificial intelligence, um, using social media, TikTok, stirring people's emotions up, getting everybody kind of at each other's throats in the United States? And especially because the Democrats have so covered up everything that they've done wrong. I mean, it's now, it's, it's not a secret. It's proof that the, they've interfered. It's proof that Hunter Biden's laptop was real. There's proof from banks, bank statements, that the Biden crime family was taking millions of dollars from China. And yet nobody does anything about it. So the, these other, our adversaries look at that and say, hey, this is the Wild West. We can get away with anything. Durham's report showed that the FBI showed a lack of analytical rigor, apparent confirmation bias, and, quote, an overwillingness to rely on information from individuals connected to political opponents, end quote, all regarding accusations of foreign collusion with Trump. New York City is prepared to house asylum seekers in as many as 20 schools with freestanding gyms. Mayor Eric Adams addressing the desperate situation said, quote, This is one of the last places we want to look at. None of us are comfortable with, quote, having to take these drastic steps, end quote. Adams has repeatedly said the city is running out of options as illegal migrants continue to swarm the city after last week's termination of Title 42. Nearly 41,000 illegal migrants are staying at the 150 emergency sites scattered across New York. In an interview, Coney Island resident Kathy Whiteley says she opposes the use of a local school gym as a migrant shelter. I've been here all my life, and to put people from another place by children here, I don't think that's okay. It's not safe. Whiteley says the idea that migrants will be housed near children who are still in school is abhorrent. We don't know these people. We don't know what they have in mind, and it's going to be them here at the school, and the kids are in school all day. That's not possible. More than 65,000 asylum seekers have filtered through the system since last spring. 
Democrat Representative Dan Goldman of New York is facing a strong backlash online for his dismissal of the testimony of town hall reporter Julio Rosas. Rosas has firsthand experience covering multiple riots associated with BLM and Antifa and has even written a book on the subject called Fiery but Mostly Peaceful, The 2020 Riots and the Gaslighting of America. In a video, many said that Goldman took a few disrespectful shots at Rosas during a hearing on left-wing violence in front of the House Homeland Security Committee. Goldman tried to discredit him and even accused Rosas of gaslighting. You're trying to get us, uh, gaslight us up here as if Antifa, which Mr. Rosas, apparently the expert now in organized terrorist activity, has overruled the FBI director who says, there's a headline, says Antifa is an ideology, not an organization. No, no, no. Let's not listen to the FBI director. Let's listen to, sorry, what's your, your title? Senior writer at Town Hall who is going to tell us that the FBI director is wrong. And I'd like to yes. introduce, there's no question. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, by unanimous consent an AP article saying the FBI director says Antifa is an ideology, not an organization. Without objection, so order. Can I, can I respond this is, to that? No, you cannot. I didn't ask a question. It's, it's, uh, it's the gentleman's time. He can spend it any way he chooses. After Goldman apparently left the rest of the hearing, Rosas was finally able to respond to the representative's comments. Thing that uh, one of my colleagues said about you a little while ago, I'd like to give you time to go ahead and do that. Yeah, thank you, Congressman. Well, I, I think it's funny to be, to be lectured by an heir to the Levi Strauss uh, corporation. And, and honestly, that's probably why he uh, doesn't consider property damage to be that big of a deal, because not only does he have that, but he also has uh, what some would describe an impossibly good stock portfolio. However, Rosas didn't just trade barbs with Goldman. He was able to give some pretty damaging testimony on the damage caused by the BLM and Antifa riots of 2020. In my capacity as the senior writer for Town Hall, I covered many of these BLM and Antifa riots firsthand, and I can tell you that these were very destructive events, not just in the moment and to the cities in which they occurred, but also to our nation's overall approach to law and order. During that chaotic time in our country's history, the same story repeated itself. The far left organized to attack not only police officers, but also neighborhoods and innocent bystanders, many of whom were minorities. Sometimes the anger was over justified police actions, like the riot in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I want to be clear. Yes, there were BLM protests that were peaceful. The common statistic that is cited is around 93% of them were peaceful. And to that, I say, thank goodness. Because in that 7% of violence, over $2 billion worth of damage was done to places across the country, sometimes repeatedly in the same area. Dozens of lives were lost, and an untold number were hurt or injured, with myself being included. I also want to make clear that Antifa is very much a real movement within the United States, and they can pose a real threat to the safety of innocent Americans. They are not, as Representative Jerry Nadler has claimed, a myth. I have seen their destructive actions firsthand. Rosas took the time to implore congressional lawmakers to take steps to shore up support for law enforcement in order to make sure that the breakdown of order doesn't spin out of control. I do not know where this country is headed, 
but I anticipate that intentions are not lowered and action is not taken, events like the outcome of the 2024 presidential election may spark another wave of violence that the country might not come back from. The anger and breakdown of order is real. It is visceral. I have seen it for myself in both our inner cities and at our southern border, where I just recently returned from in El Paso. The law enforcement agencies and the judicial system must take steps now if they want to prevent a continuation of the recent violence. If they do not, then I suspect I will be as busy as I was in 2020. When asked if he was concerned about crime, Rosas had this to say. I mean, just I mean, globally, there's a lot of bad people out there that, that want to hurt us. And I would also just say that, like, here uh, in the district, I would, you know, just walking down on the street... Um, with homicides being up 7% and along with other crimes being up, I, I, I wouldn't be stabbed or carjacked or shot by, statistically, uh, by a white guy in a red hat screaming, this is MAGA country. Last month, Goldman was previously shouted down by the mother of a New York City murder victim during a House Judiciary Committee field hearing who warned the lawmaker not to insult her intelligence. The IRS retaliates over the Hunter Biden laptop. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has more on this developing story. According to a New York Post report, the IRS has removed the entire team examining Hunter Biden's tax returns. This follows accusations by a whistleblower who alleged his colleagues were covering up the president's son's financial crimes. The whistleblower's attorney sent a letter to Congress informing them that the dismissal orders had been received from the Justice Department. It comes despite IRS Commissioner Daniel Werfel telling Congress that his agency would not retaliate against whistleblowers. Reportedly, the dismissal was at the request of the Department of Justice. Tasha Stevens reporting. Speaker Kevin McCarthy met with President Biden on Tuesday, trying to discuss a way to get a deal on the debt ceiling. Leaving the meeting, congressional staffers hinted at some progress. But we've got a lot of work to do in a short amount of time. Now, I wish we had been able to be in this place 100 days ago. This is what we requested, but we are where we are. So we will work hard to make sure to try to have this to come to fruition. The speaker even believes that a deal may be reached by the end of the week. It is possible to get a deal by the end of the week. It's not that difficult to get to an agreement. Meantime, the White House said it was a, quote, productive meeting, end quote. Appearing confident that default could be averted even as the clock ticks down and as the president prepares to leave town. Republican Representative Beth Van Dyne of Texas says she's happy that negotiations are happening, but wishes the Biden administration would have met with the Speaker of the House much sooner. I don't know what that deadline is exactly right now because, you know, Yellen keeps kind of going all over the board. She's thrown up the red flag that it's now June 1st. Um, So, yeah, does it make better sense? I think from a business perspective, if you're looking at, you know, people who are trying to figure out what their bud- their budget is going to be, you know, some kind of consistency is king. And we don't ever seem to do that. We're kind of always uh, in D.C. making decisions at the last minute. But yeah. it's unfortunate that we've had all of these months leading up that the president could have been negotiating and has just refused to do that. has been very proud of the fact that he's not willing to negotiate at all with Republicans. I don't think he believed that we would actually be able to pass 
that debt safe uh, in Grow Bill. I, I don't think he thought that we had the votes so we were going to stay together as a team. Van Dyne explains the reason Republicans are working so hard on the bill is because Democrat policies have made a mess of the economy. The, the budget that the, the president sent over was a ridiculously excessive, wasteful spend budget, nearly $7 trillion. And no, I mean, you have to realize that, you know, you have more than one party in control right now. You've got Republicans who have the House. We want to work together. We want to look out for the best interests of working families and for small businesses who this administration's policies seem to have hit the hardest. What we're trying to do with this bill is we look at all the wasteful spending that we've seen. This debt limit increase that we were forced to have to put forward, uh, otherwise we were going to have to default on our on, on American loans. The reason why we had to do this in the first place is because the ridiculous amount of spending that we've seen put forward by Democrats in the last couple of years. President Biden leaves for Japan on Wednesday to attend a summit of the G7 major industrial countries. With talks continuing and a deal not yet within reach, the White House was forced to cut Biden's trip short and he'll return Sunday. Economists say that failure to reach an agreement to lift the borrowing limit threatens the first ever default on the nation's $31.4 trillion debt, an outcome that may be harmful to the U.S. economy, but also may upend the political landscape for Democrats going into 2024. Consumers picked up their spending in April from March. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House takes a look at the new numbers. Retail sales increased 0.4% in April from March when it was down 0.7%. It marked the first increase since January when unusually warm weather and a big jump in Social Security benefits likely spurred more spending. Excluding car dealers and gas stations, retail sales rose 0.6%. The Oakland A's took another giant step towards securing their new home in Las Vegas. Daybreak Insider sports correspondent Gethin Coolbaugh has the very latest on the A's heading to Sin City. The Oakland Athletics have reached an agreement with Bally's and Gaming and Leisure Properties to build a potential stadium on the Tropicana Hotel site along the Las Vegas Strip. Bally's Corp. made the announcement Monday for a 30,000-seat stadium on the 35-acre site. The project is expected to cost about $1.5 billion, and the A's are asking for nearly $400 million in public support from the Nevada legislature, which could vote on a proposal as soon as this week. I'm Gethin Coolbaugh. And finally... The reviews for Netflix's Queen Cleopatra are in, and it's not good. I remember my grandmother saying to me, I don't care what they tell you in school, Cleopatra was black. The streaming services series based on the last ruler of the Ptolemaic Egypt empire enveloped itself in controversy by first casting the iconic queen, who is of Macedonian and Persian descent, as a black woman, and then calling itself a documentary. It is the latter that seems to have been the real sticking point for the entire country of Egypt, who has sworn to boycott Netflix over what they perceive as blackwashing and cultural appropriation of their culture and history. 
this new movie, Queen Cleopatra. It's supposed to be like a documentary on Netflix, but there's been all sorts of uproar about it because it's been accused of blackwashing. Egypt uh, is obviously upset because uh, she's such a significant figure there. They've taken plenty of offence at this. Well, the viewers have finally spoken and this production only has a 1% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, apparently the lowest score anything has got, any Netflix production has got. Um, It seems the audience is becoming sick of these uh, woke documentaries and films and TV series. The series at present has a 2% average audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and an average critic score of 11%. At one point, the series sat at a mere 1% for its audience score, which, as one Forbes writer pointed out, quote, fans usually rate things higher than critics, even bad shows. And the point being, a 1% audience score seems borderline mathematically impossible, even with the controversy the film has attracted, end quote. Dr. Zahi Hawass, a prominent Egyptologist and former antiquities minister, spoke out against the show. I do not think that the film that was made by Netflix about Kiribati is fair. It is not fair at all because it is not good to show Kiribati as black. I would object to also anyone who will make Kiribati black because Kiripatra was not black. Kiripatra was not black. Kiripatra was a very light, a Mediterranean, beautiful woman. And there is no evidence at all that Kiripatra was blunt or black. And therefore, in my opinion, Netflix is a changing history. Writer and political commentator from Australia, Esther Krakow, says... That part of the reason Netflix made Cleopatra black was so they could blame the series' failure on racism. One of the biggest errors that Netflix made was having Jada Pinkett Smith direct this. Um, She doesn't happen to be a historian, not according to my knowledge anyway. Um, But the issue here (laughs) is the fact that obviously these movie houses and film film studios, they think it's okay to, to diversify, you know, film characters, but only in one direction. So they can only be allowed to be played by ethnic minorities, i.e. black and Asian people, even though even if they're not racially of that heritage. Um, and one of the reasons why they do it, it's very obvious, they do it to, to, to get attention because they can say that, oh, if you do watch it, that means you're progressive and you're on the side of kind of, you know, the future and looking ahead and of moral values. And if you don't watch it, it's because you're a racist. Currently, former Egypt Antiquities Minister Dr. Hawass has a new full documentary on Cleopatra airing free on the YouTube channel by filmmaker Curtis Ryan Woodside. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. 